Welcome to A Sense of Place, a podcast of the Housatonic Heritage Oral History Center at Berkshire Community College. In April of 2020, as the coronavirus pandemic raged around the world, residents of Berkshire County were quarantined and practicing social distancing. While most people spent their days at home, essential workers were on the job, providing health services, food distribution, mail delivery, and other vital necessities. We interviewed some of these frontline workers about what they do, how their work has changed during the pandemic, and how they feel about serving the community in this time of COVID-19. Healthcare has been center stage during the pandemic. Jennifer Charbonneau, a nurse, was interviewed by Judith Monachina. To start off, just say your name and what you do for a living. Jen Charbonneau, and I work as a registered nurse. Um, Currently, I have two jobs that I'm working in. Um, The first one is I am a staff RN at Berkshire Medical Center. And then I also am a clinical adjunct faculty at Berkshire Community College for the um, ADM program. I'm one of those ones that likes to kind of, if I find a patient that likes to joke around, I love that, you know, going in and laughing and joking because people don't feel good. And, you know, you just want to kind of make them smile and laugh if you can um, and getting to know the patients, um, you know, that you're taking care of. I always really enjoyed that. I would describe our floor as it's kind of what you consider a medical overflow. Um, So it's um, a catch-all. We don't work with one specific diagnosis. Um, So typically we would see patients of varying diagnosis like pneumonias and cellulitis and issues with diabetes, or maybe they have chest pain, but they're stable with chest pain. So we may have them on my floor. Now it's a little different. Um, My floor, initially a medical overflow, um, transitioned into we are the one of the floors that now has the COVID-19 patients. So if they are patients that don't need to be on a ventilator, um, are not currently requiring like really high oxygen levels, they're on our floor. And we're also what we call the rule out floor. So if there is a patient that is suspected of having COVID-19, they're on our floor right now until they either test positive or negative. It's different now. So before Uh, to go back, like all the doors were generally open unless the patient wanted them closed. So you could just walk down the hallway and quickly peek in on your patient. You could see what they were doing. You could just walk in and out of a room without having to, you know, gear up. So now it's like I said, we have up to three patients at the most. All the doors on the unit are closed. And depending on whether they are totally positive, are we ruling out, um, you are completely putting all the equipment on to go in and out of the room it's really hard just to pop in and see a patient right now because you have to put everything on, you go in, um, and then it takes a while to take all of it off and you have to wash your hands. Everyone's walking around with face gear and surgical masks on, even just in the hallways, which we weren't doing previously. They're trying to limit staff in there. So a lot of things are being done over the phone. Like we're calling patients in their rooms to ask them for things now that you would just normally walk into a room to do. Family members are not allowed up there right now. So there's no, you know, there's no family. So a lot of it is through a phone or the doctors are doing all their rounds and trying to update family members afterwards, um, or we're trying to call family or make sure the patients have phones by them to talk to their own family, but there's, there's no visitors. Um, so you're not actually getting that face-to-face interaction with the family either. So it's a very different looking day on our floor now. You know, the hospital is, is like everybody there, you know, every week it's different what they've learned, what they've seen. So, you know, what we did initially is very different than what we even do. We'll probably be different when I go in next time. 
you know, they're, they're trying to keep up with all these changes and, and, you know, what they're finding out about this disease. Um, you know, they're doing their best to kind of keep up with it too. So, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about what that, the stress level or what it feels like? There's two things. It's one of those funny things where, you know you're taking care of patients and every time you have an interaction with a patient, no matter what your gear is, you feel like you're putting yourself at risk. So there's that stress. There's the stress of, like I said, all the doors are closed now and there's limited interaction. So there's the stress of not necessarily knowing exactly what's going on with your patient at all times because there's limited interaction now and you can't just like look in a room. There's that anxiety that, you know, something may happen to your patient and you you might not catch it right away or know you know, like you used to, there's the, I just think there's the anxiety of like, you know, making sure you're going through the right steps and, you know, even going in a room, like you have to make sure you have everything you need almost before you go in a room. You can't just forget something because you can't just pop out and, and grab it. I have to say, and I've talked to some of my nursing friends, you lose the ability to sometimes feel like a nurse, like your simple things that used to just come like this. You're a little overwhelmed with everything else. It's sometimes it's taking my mind a few minutes to ask questions. I normally would have asked like that about patients or asked if this test got done or, you know, simple things that were just so natural now feel unnatural because you're overwhelmed with, you know, just making sure I, I have the right things on when I walk in a room. It's stressful trying to communicate with these patients because they really can't see you except your eyes and they can't really hear you that well, and you can't hear them sometimes. So there's stress to that communication too, is are you coming across the way you want to? Do I seem as sympathetic to my patient? Am I giving support? Do they sense that support when I can't just smile at them or, you know, so there's that too. There's the stress of communicating with patients is different right now too. Have you seen people leave healed yet? Mm -hmm. We've had, um, I don't know how many discharges we've had. We've had um, quite a few. It was really funny the other day. I wasn't working, but one of my nurse friends sent me, um, our manager, they wheeled this lady out. She had, was getting discharged and um, they were playing that song Happy by Pharrell. And so like everyone's dancing down the hallway with the patient, like wheeling her out into the main entrance just to like celebrate it. Um, that, you know, this was a patient that got to go home. I mean, you're obviously one of the essential workers that is out there. They're all these essential workers, right? Yeah. But um, has that sense changed for you, exactly how important you are? I don't think so, because to be honest, the essential piece of that, I think that's more a mind frame of other people. Like I've always felt when I'm in the hospital and I'm taking care of patients, it's my role and it's always been an essential role at the hospital. Just like a doctor plays that essential role, the nursing assistants play their role. I think the perception of what it, what other people see what we're doing, I think is changing. Um, because unless you've had a lot of interaction in a hospital or had to be hospitalized for periods of time, you may not know exactly uh, what that means. So I think I've always felt essential. I just never termed it that way. I signed up to take care of patients that will have all varying diseases. Like that's my job. I know I can encounter anything in a day. Whereas a, a person who's a supermarket clerk or a postal person or a truck driver, you know, they didn't sign up to come in contact with people with this illness and, and the fear of, you know, every time I'm at work, I think I could get sick. Like I'm around sick people and I could get sick. Is this a scarier disease in my mind? Yes. But I know know in any day I'm taking care of sick patients. Um, whereas I think other people, they didn't sign up necessarily for this. When I'm not working, it's easy to kind of put it aside. Like I am lucky that I have a great husband and two kids who keep me busy. Um, 
I've been doing like, I have, you know, some really good text messages going with groups of friends. Some of them are nurses and can totally understand. Some are just friends that we known forever. Um, Zoom cocktail hours <laughs> have been a thing. Um, exercise, you know, I've been trying to walk, trying to exercise, um, trying not to go down the rabbit hole of the news and social media um, because that can be really hard. Um, you know, especially when you are hearing things and people's opinions and, you know, you struggle with that a little bit. Luckily, I have a garage. <laughs> so I come home and literally I, in my garage, take all my stuff off. I have a clothes basket out in my garage. My shoes and my coat stay out there and I just walk right through the door. I don't talk to my family and I get right in the shower. Um, and then after I'm out of the shower, then I will speak to my family. <laughs> and talk to them. So yeah, it's pretty much like, don't touch me until I've gotten out of the shower. So, yeah. And I think for a lot of nurses, I think, you know, it brought nurses and, and aides and doctors and environment, you know, people in the hospital, I think it's brought people a little closer um, together in some ways. Um, Cause you're kind of, mm -hmm. you're the only ones who can experience this. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard to explain to people who aren't working mm -hmm. in these situations, what it's actually like. I feel like there's this, this feeling that um, we're trying to make it so people were not wanting people to be scared or I think it's okay for people to be scared. Um, this is something no one's ever experienced. This is, you know, the world's never seen anything like this. I think it's okay for people to be scared. I think it's okay for people to be grieve, grieve the losses that this has caused. You know, it's lost people jobs. There have been losses because of it. Yeah, maybe you didn't lose a loved one or an actual person, but people have lost things because of this. They've lost jobs. They've lost security. They've lost social. Um, you know, these kids who need school um, have lost their connection, um, sometimes the only positive thing in their life. And so they may be grieving that. These kids can be grieving. But at the same time, there's um, such beautiful things that have come out of this. I think, you know, the way people are showing appreciation for like you said, the essential workers, you know, meals and, and songs and things on Facebook and, you know, little things for the grocery store workers, everyone reacts differently to, um, you know, how you're feeling about it may be different than the next person. But so I think that's a, a big thing. I think, you know, I think we've seen the best in humanity and unfortunately sometimes a little bit of the bad of it in something like this, but I, I'm holding on to the good that I've seen and I hope that's what other people are doing. So, yeah. That was nurse Jennifer Charbonneau speaking with Judith Monachina. Our thanks to the University of Massachusetts Library Special Collections, which will archive this project and make it available online, and to Dan Bedega for the music. You can hear more interviews at www.theoralhistorycenter.org. Thanks for listening. I'm Mark Mills. <laughs>